Bickley and Murata. Social Studies. Brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com. Oh, it's time to jump in to the pool that is our social media. At Bickley underscore Murata on Twitter. Time for some social studies with Sarah Cazell. Hi, Sarah. Hey, hey. How are we feeling on this Friday? Really good Very right about now. Friday-like yes. is what Very we're feeling. Friday. Yes. Final hour of the show. Thanks to all who are tuning in. Whether you are toiling away at work or you're getting ready for a Labor Day uh, weekend travel plans, we appreciate having you here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. We're on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata. That's where the questions go every single day. And that is where I pull my favorite answers from for this very segment. All right, let's start uh, with the real meat and potatoes of today's show. We've been talking a lot about ASU football and how the Sun Devils looked against NAU last night. A 40-3 to win. Um, we asked our listeners, what did you like about last night's win and what concerned you? So Vince, the ASU guy, I'll yeah. start with you. What I liked? Yeah, and then what concerned you? I thought the helmets looked great with Ooh. that little gold accent on the Classic. on the stripe. <laughs> Classic look. I liked what I saw from Emory Jones. I liked I like what I saw pretty much across the board. What I'm concerned about is how much of what we saw that we liked last night can we apply to actual FBS opponents That's and ranked it. opponents like Oklahoma That's State? That's it. How much of what we saw last night is going to stand up and be sustainable against Oklahoma State? Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's so tough. You want to get excited. You want to get amped up. And you're like, but I know this doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Look, our, our guy Doug Tamro is 1-0 as SID, man. Oh, the Stay Doug hot, brother. Stay hot. Mark Brand, the retired Mark Brand, got a shout-out on yeah. the game uh, broadcast cast last night. As he should. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Alright, let's get to some of our listener responses. What they liked about last night's win. What concerned them about last night's win. Carlos Miramon says the defense was disciplined, fast, and physical, and the offense showed multiple looks. No concerns for Carlos. Sun Devil Phil says they looked better than I expected. The offensive execution was better than last year. Would you guys agree with that so far? One yes. game in? Yes. One game in, yes. How about this from Kyler's study buddy? <laughs> <laughs> That's Hello, pretty funny. Kyler's study buddy. Uh, what concerned Kyler's study buddy is the number of empty seats. I understand it's hard to get excited when everyone expects the team to be bad, but as other local teams have proven, looking at you, Diamondbacks, apathy ensures nothing is going to improve. Look, I wasn't there. I'm going by the attendance figure they listed and the, the shots of the stadium that they showed. And sure, it wasn't full, but when they showed the west side of the stadium, it looked pretty full on, on the press box side. And I did not expect that. No. Yeah, I, I kind of was worried about that. I, I, I had mixed feelings. Like I told you, my daughter had kind of clued me in that le, as the, the first game, it's always the kids have to show up because FOMO. It's very real. See and be seen. Yeah, right. And and then they show up and then they see pockets of friends and off they go to their respective places. And So let's see what they do next at, at the next home game, which is what? Against uh, Eastern Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. All right. Oh, we do love the directional Herb's schools. good against Michigan schools. Mm-hmm. Well, that's right. That's right. Uh, kind of on Coming those same you. lines. Harbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> Along those same lines, uh, as attendance, Sports Kebab Fan Club says what he liked about the game, judging by the amount of people that showed up, the short beer lines. All right. Well, maybe that's the last time you'll have short beer lines at Sun Devil Stadium. And we got a lot of responses to this uh, degree as well from Shane. Don't know. Couldn't watch. Stupid Pac-12 Network. When is that thing shutting down again? <laughs> 
10-year anniversary this year for the Pac-12 Network. Right. And the 10-year anniversary of people complaining that it's not on DirecTV. That is correct. Larry Scott, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, how about it? That's, that's just unforgivable. The last response to last looking at last night's game, J.J. West Valley says, I like the new quarterback and his toughness, but he needs to slide more <laughs> often. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our next question. Bick, you mentioned uh, very early on in the show that courtside seats for Serena Williams' third round match tonight at the U.S. Open. $48,000 for unobstructed views of Serena in right. what could potentially be her final uh, tennis match of her career. What sporting event would you shell out an insane amount of money for? It doesn't have to be 48000 I should have been more specific in the wording no, no, on Twitter. Because, yeah, right. People took it very literally. <laughs> what would you spend a ton of money to be in the flesh for? I don't know if there's anything. I'm just, I don't, I'm not wired that way. And it's also different when you're a professional who works in sports, yeah, I think. It, uh, that's definitely true. Um... But if I had to pick, I mean, if it was a game seven of an NBA Finals at home that the Suns were playing in that I wasn't working, and that I would not losing by thirty at halftime. Yeah, I would. I would. I'm talking about in the finals, not in the second round. Uh-huh. Come on, you got to open that wound again, Vic. Uh, that would probably be at the top of my list, Vic. Trying to think what what would prompt me to to dig deep to get into a bill. See, I. I I generally, um, I generally apply that kind of indulgence to concerts, sure, musical concerts, and I think it's because I have been blessed beyond belief to to actually be paid to go to sporting events yes. in my career. Yeah, uh, maybe a Wimbledon final. That, but that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, but but both 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 sides of of. of Professional tennis. I don't know if there's any real yeah. compelling stuff. I'm kind of with Vic. Nick we're not. We're yeah. not the people to ask on this one. Yeah, our listeners. Our listeners, yeah. our listeners get asked. Yeah. Okay. Uh, game seven of the NBA Finals with the Phoenix Suns. Swisheroo for two says I would sell my house for that. It is the top of my bucket list. Uh, Kyle Martin says I would drop three times that amount, the forty eight thousand dollar amount, to guarantee attendance at Augusta. That's a good one. Uh, Chris says, if the Diamondbacks made the World Series, I would spend everything to go. Baseball is my first love. Uh, This one, Vince, I'm sure you'll appreciate from Daylight Films. Uh, He would drop a ton of money to see the University of Arizona in the Rose Bowl. And he says, I'm guessing my bank account sleeps pretty easily. That ain't happening. (laughs) Uh, We have a couple people who shared what they have spent um, to attend you know, big, big lifetime sporting events. Super Bowl 43, $2,000 for a ticket, said Centro 420. It was 100% worth it. Uh, and then Steve V says it cost me $2,200 at a charity auction to attend the 1999 U.S. Open cha- Tennis Championship. Oh, yeah, that was the year that Serena won her first major. Oh, wow. Yeah, how about That's that? That's awesome. Yes. All right, finally, let's squeeze in this last question before we bring on Todd Walsh from Valley Sports Arizona to talk some Diamondbacks. Um, with a nod to Antonio Hamilton, who uh, we learned yesterday uh, suffered second-degree burns in a cooking accident. Hot oil spilled on his legs and his feet, I believe. Um, we're asking our listeners, what is the worst accident that you have had in the kitchen or grilling? Dan, Vince, do you guys have any stories? Um, I've got a couple. Uh, one was uh, when my older son was young. 
It wasn't a cooking thing, but it happened in the kitchen. Yeah. He had a toy with that really tricky packaging, and he wanted it oh, open. Oh, yes. And Uh-oh. smart me, Uh-oh. I grabbed a steak knife to open up the packaging. Instead, I opened up my finger. Uh, there was a lot of stitches involved there, and I bled all over my open uh, silverware drawer. The other one, again, wasn't cooking. I knocked a bottle of olive oil out of my cupboard. And it, it was glass, and it shattered all over the floor. Yeah. By the way, cleaning up olive oil is not fun. No, <laughs> very slippery. And <laughs> probably for about six to eight months, no matter how much I scrubbed the floor, if I walked around barefoot, I would find a shard of glass. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. I think one time I went to, to light my uh, gas grill outdoors, and there was a lot of uh, buildup, propane buildup uh-huh. in it. And when I lit it, it was, there was basically a nuclear explosion. <laughs> you could smell my burnt hair down the Street. Could have taken my face off. Might have helped me, but it didn't. Your eyebrows survived? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eyebrows got singed. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Right. There's some great response. Not great, but detailed responses to this. Yes, absolutely. Dan says, I got my hand sucked into a mixer when I was a kid. I had to take the whole thing attached to my hand to the fire station to get my hand out. Only a broken thumb, though. Kyle went to a cooking class. Oh, sorry. What, Vince? No. Oh. I, I was... Kyle went to a cooking class for a team building activity for work. He bought some knives to bring home. Uh, he was trying to take one of the knives out of the packaging. He sliced his pinky finger clean through the top oh, to the bottom. Yeah. Nine stitches, Ouch. but still made it to the ASU game that and, night. And he included a picture of the wrapped up hand doing uh, the devil's yes. fork. The pitchfork, yes. Very well done, Kyle. Uh, J.D. Hall, oh my goodness. I was making salsa. I thought my hands were clean. I had not washed all of the pepper juices off of my hands oh. before going to the bathroom. I don't like to talk about what happened next. Oh. <laughs> Different kind of accident. Between these stories and watching the show The Bear, uh, I don't know why anybody ever steps foot in a kitchen. Again, <laughs> for safety reasons, we stay <laughs> exactly. away. Feed me. We're good. Good, good stuff. Yes. Uh, thanks for sharing your pain with us today on Social Studies. Yes. At Pickley underscore Murata on Twitter. Coming up next, we will talk some Diamondbacks baseball. Another win for the D-backs over a good team last night. Todd Walsh from Valley Sports Arizona joins us straight ahead. Pickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Dan Pickley, Vince Murata. Pickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Yeah, we continue on this Friday. Diamondbacks get another shutout win. They're playing their best baseball of the year outside of that 18-2 shellacking by the Phillies the other night. But we can wash away that and talk some uh, D-backs baseball with Todd Walsh, Valley Sports Arizona, who joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Todd, how are you, man? Good morning. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, we'll start here. I can only imagine what a drag, uh, you know. It is it, getting old? No, it's a drag uh, to watch a bad baseball team from the outside every day. Uh, I can only imagine what a drag it is to cover a bad baseball team on a daily basis. So how much fun has this been for you? Wow, that's the word. It's fun. I actually got a call the other night. Uh, Mark Grace wasn't working. Brandon Webb was working the show, but Mark called and said, is there anybody having more fun than us right now broadcasting baseball games? And I actually have chills saying that because of the journey that we've been on over the last few years, which wasn't fun. I mean, imagine... You know, uh, <laughs> I look at these shows that we do, the uh, support programs, pre and post game shows, is like a you know literally a blank canvas before we before we hit the air and we try to you know tell a story, have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And you guys know how hard that is when the team that you're 
is so deeply involved in is just not relevant and not competitive and has no chance. And that's what we were dealing with. And now to have the opposite, and then every night there seems to be a new story, a new hero emerges, uh, you know, a new arc that we can track. And, uh, you know, thank God, because it, it, it was a challenge. It was hard. But now we get to do what we are really equipped to do, and that's, you know, dive in and hopefully take people along uh, along the way for the ride as the team starts to set up the mountain, which is my favorite part of covering teams, and that's the climb. That's yeah. The, the, the most joy you can yeah. get. Well, now, as a guy that is, has seen a lot of iterations, a lot of youth movements uh, across many teams, in the valley how do you feel about the ceiling of this nucleus and where this journey is going i feel really good um i've i've been jaded over the years i don't know if you've caught that (laughs) but um and i've been fooled and uh, i've probably fooled some people along the way but that's part of my job i guess but i'm i'm really all in on this one and one of the reasons why is because i think the the kids on this team know they belong they know they're good it's not a like a gross arrogance it's just an understanding of they have arrived they're here this is their time and they know it and i've i've just sort of watched this from not from afar but from one of the best seats in the house and I've, i'm like oh, oh wow okay and i also get a sense that they don't care who they're playing they're almost competing amongst themselves to top each other. And right now, you know, no one's complaining about playing time. No agent has said, my guy needs this or that. They're just here, and they know it, and they're getting their feet wet, and they don't care about what's going on across the way in the other dugout. And that's just just so refreshing for me. So I, I feel like this is the right time and the right place for this group. Um, I, you know, it's been such a, a, a meticulous plan that they put together. I, I, I remember so clearly when Mike Hazen came out and said, you know what? We believe in the core of this team. This was a few years ago, and we gave it probably an extra year and a half, but it just didn't work. And I thought that was uh, a, a, kind of a ballsy thing to say for a guy in that position, but he, he never holds back. And they did hold on to that core, and, and you just kind of felt like, oh, man, now what? Well, now what is here, and it's now. And I, if, if I'm another team in the National League West, and I know there's a, there's a powerhouse there that sits atop it, I'm, I am wondering what it's going to be like to play these guys night after night after night for the next handful of years because they're a giant pain in the you-know-what. Yeah. And they can set the tone for a game in a, literally in a half inning. And I, I saw Josh Rojas do that before Corbin Carroll got here and before we saw Stone Garrett, you know, get on base in the, in the bottom of the first and steal second, steal third, and all of a sudden the game just changed just like that. And that's, that's why I'm so excited to be around this and watch it happen. Todd Walsh, Valley Sports Arizona, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, when, when you look at the trajectory the last couple of years, and there was the short year, last place finish, last place finish last year, but very similar to the trajectory that we saw those two years of the Baltimore Orioles. And I look at what Baltimore's doing, you know, in the thick of the wild card race in the American League. The, the, you know, the D-backs aren't quite there, but that being said, Todd, I believe that growth and trajectory puts some expectation on this team next year. Is that too soon yeah. in your mind, or is that fair? No, I think it's very fair. I think over the next month, you're going to see uh, even more. There will be more of an evolution of this group. I can't wait to see how they finish this series with Milwaukee. I can't wait to go to San Diego and see 
how they play against Craig Council and Bob Melvin's teams that are that are fighting for their playoff lives. And I'm going to go back to Mike Hayes and something he said the other day. Like last year was just an aberration. There was no, nothing there. There was a teachable moment. Now we peeled the Band-Aid off, and these guys are going to get playing time and in big games. These are big games for the Brewers and for the Padres. And you're going to see the Dodgers. And I just think you always have to understand what's happening in the other dugout, and then you want to rise to it and meet it. So, yeah, I think the expectations are clear and real. And I think that's why you saw Torrey Lovello get his option picked up, but there's no long-term extension. So the message is, okay, to you, Tori, and your staff, we, we recognize what you're doing. To the team, we recognize that you're playing for him, but there are no guarantees. Mm-hmm. So push forward and let, let's see how it starts next year. But I don't know how you couldn't have expectations for this team going into next year. But I think that's a question that we could probably discuss uh, at the end of the first week of October as well, just to see what this next month has in store for this group. Yeah, it, it's it, that's very well said because, you know, Vinny and I have talked about, about Gonzo's comments during that Padres broadcast, and I think those were probably uh, more discontent with some of the veterans, some of whom are no longer here. But it's it, there's a completely different vibe to this baseball team and it's really built around speed, collective speed and what that can do. And, and it, you remember some of those old Cardinals team, Willie McGee, <laughs> Big McBride, <laughs> that was the Phillies. That was Vince Coleman. Vince Coleman. <laughs> Speed can do a lot of interesting things on a baseball field, and we've kind of lost sight of that over the last few years. I love it. I mean, it's, it's completely disruptive, and it's yeah. not. Look, we could talk for hours about how this game has devolved into you know strikeout, home run, all or nothing. And now look what this has done, and look how. Tory and the front office has sort of moved around that corner to, to what they have, and that is just speed. And it's disruptive offensively, the pressure it puts on the other pitchers. And we, we talked about that uh, with Brandon Webb the other night. What's it like on the mound when you get a guy like Corbin Carroll on first base? I mean, I, I, I flippantly said we should just call this team runner in scoring position because that's what appears <laughs> that happens every time one of these guys gets on. But also don't forget defensively what they're able to do in the outfield and covering so much ground. I mean, so you're not just waiting for the big pitch. You're not, you know, it's not, there's always going to be sleepy nights in baseball games that seem to drone on forever and ever, and you're just waiting for that hit in the seventh inning. It doesn't come, okay, it's over. Not these guys. I mean, the, the late inning life that I've seen in the last, I guess, two months is the, one of the indicators to me that, holy cow, I mean, these guys are not going to go away, and that's youth being served. But I saw like a week full of games where they turned the game in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. And this is a young group of guys that's doing that. This isn't like a veteran-laden team. That, oh, okay, we're going to find a way to win. This is like, hey, we're, we're not done. And you don't see that all around Major League Baseball. Not a chance, but it's here. Talking to Todd Walsh here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Before we let you go, something completely frivolous, something completely selfish. Uh, because oh, good, once good. upon a time, we, we played Vinnie Joe trivia against each other oh, on the subject of Can't Buy Me that? Love, a movie yeah. that you appeared in. And I thought of you when I listened. I don't know if you're a big podcast listener, but uh, Bill Simmons has a podcast called The Rewatchables. And Can't Buy Me yeah. Love was featured, so I thought of you wow. as Stocky yeah. Jones, Todd Walsh. 
Well, thank you. Uh, Dave Burns let me know that. I haven't listened to it yet because I get all nervous when people talk about Can't Buy Me Love. But I do appreciate when you talk about it because the movie was cut in 1987, and the last time Burns and Gamble talked about it for 20 minutes, my residual check went up from $3 to $11. Really? $11. That's two cups they, of coffee. They got that or kind maybe of pull, man. They yeah. got so just that keep kind of reach. That drum if you don't mind. I and, and behind the scenes, when we played uh, Can't Buy Me Love, Vinnie Joe Trivia, Todd was nice enough to actually forward one of his residual checks to me in the $3 range. Right. Todd, I As never a- cashed it, so I hope it didn't mess up your accounting. <laughs> well, and and what, well, what I want to throw out there, what I was most impressed with was Eddie Vedder giving you a shout-out. My guy. How yeah. did you film that his relationship? Which almost dislocated my shoulder when he threw it to my left hand. I haven't made a catch with my left hand in 40 years he laughed about it after and just signed it and said great catch he, he revels in, in making me do athletic things like that for like a quarter of a second which I apparently can still do how about that wow it's good stuff yeah great, <laughs> great stuff, stuff. You're, li- you're living so a different life than us, Todd. <laughs> uh, now that you've mentioned Bake McBride, I'm compelled to go into Todd's garage and send you guys a mid-70s Bake McBride card. <laughs> and it will happen. You know that. I'll probably find yeah, it in about right. 45 seconds. Probably. And, and by the way, props on giving Mikel Bridges some vintage Phillies baseball cards. That, that was, was a nice awesome. touch. That was dude. very cool. How about that? Yeah. yeah you should have seen it. He just looked down and he was like, Mike Schmidt. <laughs> Steve Carlton. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Those are good cards. Todd, always yeah, good to talk. Talk to you, man. Hope you're doing well. We'll talk bye. again soon. Thanks for having me on in the morning. It's been a, it's my first venture with you guys. You've changed my sleeping habits because of your move. I'm a, I work at night. I'm a night owl, but I always find you, and it's always worth the time. So thanks for having me. Let me play well. Well, thanks for the uh, kind words, Todd Walsh, Bally Sports Arizona. Catch him does great work Bally on the pre and post. Yes, uh, he joined Love us on the guy. Arizona Sports Todd Line. Todd Walsh. Coming up next, we will share two facts about the Arizona Cardinals that you may or may not believe. We'll get into them next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings, ninety eight. 7FM Arizona Sports Station. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports Poll Question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Final half hour of the show here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. On this holiday weekend, or we at least hope it's a holiday weekend for most of you listening here yes. on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. We're going to our website now, ArizonaSports.com, for today's uh, poll question, guys. Dan, Vince, I think this will be the first time I've asked you this in today's show. What was your takeaway from ASU's win over at NAU? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Three I, was options. I was wondering when you were going to get around to this, Sarah. <laughs> I figured 9.35 is a great time to start. I I was uh, I was um, pleasantly sur- not surprised. You didn't wait for the choices. Yeah. Yet. So oh, here are sorry. the three okay. options. Yeah, I thought it was one of those open-ended things. <laughs> oh, no. it's a poll question. It wouldn't be open-ended. Exactly. Uh, the three options are: I am more optimistic after seeing last night's game. Let's pump the brakes until they play a better team. Or I have more concerns now than before. I know this is cheating, but my answer would be more along the lines of a blend between A and B. Okay. I'm optimistic, but yeah, you gotta I mean, you gotta see what happens against a better opponent. Yeah. My apologies to my NAU brethren. That's right. No disrespect. <laughs> I did go there for a semester, by the way. Did you go really? Go Jacks. What? I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. Is that where you started your college career? No. Or it was mid? 
That's basically when I decided to end my college career. Ah, I guess I don't know the story there. Okay. Uh, what's the voting look like? Ooh. Oh, trolls. Are you serious? 76% of our voters say I have more concerns than before. Okay. Sure. Wow. What? Okay. Just overall in your life or with this football team? <laughs> we all have more concerns in the year 2022. True. 21% say, hey, let's pump the brakes until they play a better team. Only 3% say, I am more optimistic. Wow. So those who, who voted 76%, I have more concerns than before. Did did they have high <laughs> hopes for this season? I don't know. That's kind of... Like, that's what it would have to wonky be, wonky right? results today it is. on the poll question. It's broken. We broke our website. <laughs> Feel free to even them out. Sanderson Ford poll question on the homepage at ArizonaSports.com. Uh, during the course of the show, Bick, I came across a couple of uh, facts about the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Sarah passed this one along. All right. We always talk about the recent draft history of the Cardinals not being good. Um, this fact actually belies that. Uh, or actually it backs it up, I should say. Jason uh, from um, OverTheCap.com, which is a numbers crunching salary cap site, and they do amazing work. But he's got um, a study on all 32 teams' draft picks in the last five years from 2018 through 2022 and how those picks are still representing uh, on each respective roster. Uh, so, for instance, the Kansas City Chiefs have the highest percentage of players drafted in the last five years still on their roster at 73.5%. Cowboys are at 72.7%, the Browns at 72.5%, and the Eagles and Giants over 70%. The Cardinals only at 59%. Wow. So, you know, 14% less. Uh, there's also um, a, a fact that he shared. Teams with the highest percentage of draft picks since 2018 completely out of the league as of September 1st. The Cardinals had the fifth highest number. 23.1% of their draft picks since 2018 are out of the league. Wow. And that would right now include Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Yeah. Uh, The Bengals, Commanders. Bears and Dolphins are the only ones with a worse percentage. Wow. And the Cardinals are tied with the Panthers. Yeah. Yeah, there is listen, they they had a they had a stretch where they just they couldn't get anything right. Yeah, I mean, it sounds harsh, but And it, listen, I'm going to tell you something. To be quite honest with you, it's amazing that this football team is in the position they're in given how poorly they drafted for a four-year period. And a lot of that has to do with they've they've signed the right free agents. A lot of it has to do with, with their, uh, at the time, very unconventional decision to draft a quarterback with the yes. top 10 pick and then say, you know what? I like this guy better. But also Steve Kimes' ability, and he still has this ability to yep. make trades that are impactful. Um, he, you know, he did it last year with Zach Ertz. I think people are hoping that Cody Ford has some some impact this year, and certainly Trayvon Mullen. But yeah, I, th- I found that alarming. This one's even more alarming. This was sent over in a press release this morning from SportsHandle.com. Decided to take a deep dive about wor- the uh, worrying depths of Twitter and negative tweets toward NFL players. They studied a total of 8.5 million tweets uh, in terms of negative tweets directed at NFL players. 
If you had to pick the player who you think got the most raw number of negative tweets at them or mentioning them, who would you pick? Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's very high on the list. Bakes. Um, Bakes. No. Tom Brady. Far oh, and away. Really? Still. Oh, now you got my interest. They were all from Dan Bickley. <laughs> <laughs> have you you been, got me. Have you been blocked <laughs> you yet? You got me. Uh, Tom Brady, 214,586 negative tweets. Aaron Rodgers, second. Antonio Brown, third. Deshaun Watson, surprisingly, only fourth. Josh Allen, fifth. <gasps> oh, leave Josh Allen alone. But when you spin it to a, a percentage of tweets that are negative... There was an Arizona Cardinal on number one on the list. 23.59% of all tweets mentioning this player were negative. I could give you 53, 52 guesses and you probably wouldn't get it. What? Buddha Baker had the highest percentage of negative. Now, only 2,058 negative tweets toward him. But of the, of the total number of tweets that mentioned Buddha Baker, the highest percentage. What? I could have sworn it was Kyler. How does anybody not like Buda Baker? Truly. What? He's not even a fantasy impact guy because he's a defender. What what do you think explains that? Is it because he is actually active on Twitter at times? Maybe the more you feed into the beast, the more it barks back at you? I mean, that, that list is a little weird, I think. Antonio Brown's number two. Tyron Smith from the Cowboys, three. Uh, Alvin Kamara from the Saints, four, and Darren Waller from the Raiders, five. You'd think the percentage would be higher on players that are genuinely, universally disliked. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think even Buda Baker's not at Larry Fitzgerald level, where fans of other teams love him, but there's a lot to do with the way that he plays. Yeah. George Kittle can't get enough of Buda Baker. It's his favorite player in the league, <laughs> right. for goodness right. sakes. Right. I know, that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm scrolling his timeline, and it's all just like really nice things. It's great to be back in AZ. <laughs> right. Hey, congrats at K1. Let's get to work. <laughs> Happy Lower Body How Friday. Dare he? Get your lift. Get your lift. <laughs> right. <laughs> Blessed. It's go time. He only tweets nice things. Did you talk about uh, posing in a, a, as a dentist in a bar <laughs> while he drank water yeah. by himself? Yeah. Right. Still one of the best Was stories it James of the, the year. Greatest. And That's then I thought, the wow, what a horrible assignment this would be for somebody to just do a whole study and delve themselves into negative tweets on Twitter. Yeah. I get like one a day and I'm beside myself. <laughs> yeah. We definitely wouldn't want to make a whole segment that requires someone to read through everyone's negative tweets every day, like at nine o'clock every day. <laughs> they're not all negative. <laughs> no, Sarah. they're generally tremendous, but you're really good at picking out the good ones. ones. I don't know. I just, I found that amazing. Yeah, that's interesting. And maybe it's, you know, indicative of absolutely nothing because no, you know those, I, I, that's those fascinating other stuff but those other things that come out and say oh arizona's favorite uh f- favorite candy is this and it's like necco wafers you know like there's no, no way not, arizona's no. favorite no, candy is necco wafers yeah, absolutely not so maybe it's along those lines thought i'd share uh no, got- thank you for sharing you're you're a very sharing you're a very giving kind of guy Vinny. that's why people love you i wouldn't go that far <laughs> People do love you, though, for whatever reason. A few. Yeah. Uh, coming up next, some final thoughts on this Friday as we get out of here for the holiday weekend. Free kiss ass. <laughs> <laughs> there it is! Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Song of the Day.
could just see the look on Bickley's face right now. This is, uh, this is, was this an old Bay City Rollers song? It was the Bay City Rollers. If it's not Scottish, it's crap. And this is actually from the uh, soundtrack of uh, So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yeah. But really? you made reference earlier oh, in the show about right. teams traveling for da- uh, road games on Saturday night. Yeah. And this popped into my head. There you go. The name of this band, Ned's Atomic Dustbin. Do you remember these guys? I don't. No. I had a couple marginal alternative college radio hits. But really? Yeah. I should have played the Bay City Rollers just to be more... More nostalgic. They were huge. The Bay City Rollers? In the late 70s. Oh, yeah. What was their other huge hit? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that's the reason going way, way off the the grid for Saturday Night by Ned's Atomic Dustbin, today's song of the day. Bickley and Murata going off the grid. Off the grid. Brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com. And we start off the grid today with a little daily dose of Vinnie Joe trivia. Back to a baseball question. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, we uh, And if you've seen him pitch, you know how nasty this, this kid is. Spencer Strider from the Atlanta Braves. Nasty's a good word. He's a nasty pitcher. And he set a Braves a franchise record last night with 16 strikeouts. Here in Arizona, it's every it's common knowledge who holds the record for uh, the most strikeouts in a game. It's Randy Johnson. He struck out 20 in one game. One of the best performances ever on uh, May 8th, 2001. Randy Johnson's got a slew of big strikeout games as one of the best strikeout pitchers. Um, Kurt Schilling had a bunch as well. Uh, but your question today is, outside of Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson, there's only two other... Diamondbacks pitchers in their history that have struck out 13 or more in a single game. Actually, I'm sorry. There's three. There's three. Three Diamondbacks three pitchers. Three Diamondbacks pitchers, not, uh, not Schilling. Randy Johnson or Kurt Schilling. Yes, that have struck out 13 or more. Can you name it? Can I have Brandon Webb? Brandon Webb is one. He struck out one 13. One guy did it three times and one guy did it once. Can we get years or ranges? Uh, one of them is still active, but oh, not for the shows. not for the Diamondbacks. Oh, okay. Patrick Corbin. No, he oh. got to twelve a couple of times. But this guy is Max left-handed Scherzer? and did no. win a Cy Young Award in the other league. Doug Davis? No. Doug Davis. Sorry, that's, that's a <laughs> terrible guess. Why? I just just the first left-hander that jumped into my mind. A guy that was. Shown the door, basically, and, and was it, every Diamondbacks fan was frustrated with him, and he went to the American League Robbie and won a Ray. Yes. Robbie Ray. And another guy who's not really known for high strikeout totals, but is also still active and also in the American League, right-hander. And one of the best quotes in the history of Arizona sports. What? Sarcastically. Oh. Oh, Zach Granke. Zach Granke <laughs> did it, too. Oh, that's funny. Granke did it back on uh, July 22nd. Wow. Good 20, trivia question. 2018. Um, so the um, Buffalo Bills are getting ready for their season opener. They'll travel to Los Angeles to open up the season against the Los Angeles Rams on Thursday night. And the preparation is beginning. Did you see... Um, to get ready for the influx of Buffalo people, 
They shipped $24,000 worth of Labatt's beer to SoFi Stadium. There was pictures of it on a crate in like the bowels of the stadium. And Bills fans saw this and they're like, wait, what are we going to drink once the game starts? (laughs) (laughs) Is that like a New York delicacy, Labatt's beer? It's a Canadian beer, but it's it's so close. With their proximity to the border, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm guessing it's... I would have guessed Genesee Cream Ale would be very (laughs) popular up in Buffalo. I've never had a Labatt's. Oh, good stuff. Labatt's Blue is a very good Canadian beer. And like they Wilson said, Wilson and Labatt's. That's yeah. the. Uh, those are the. Those are the. Those are the brand names in Canada. And as we learned from the Adam Sandler classic Big Daddy, that Canadian beer is like moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, so big. Uh, we already touched. We, nobody's got big weekend plans. I'm going to watch no. a lot of college football tomorrow. There's there's all kinds of good games on tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I. No, to me, this is I'm low pro chill this weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm watching Serena, you watching WNBA playoffs. Now let's give it up for Lauren, everybody. Lauren, Lauren such a great good job, show. Lauren. Thank you so much for not being like Jared Carlin. Don't come back, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> Shave Shut your up. toes, Ferris. <laughs> Shut up, Jared. Shut up, Jared. Oh, that is going to do it for us. Thanks to Eric Carabell from ESPN, Todd Walsh from Valley Sports Arizona for joining us. Have a great, safe weekend. We will not be here on Monday to observe Labor Day, so we'll uh, get into it. Game week starts on Tuesday here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, don't go anywhere. Wolf and Luke up next here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. But as we do on Fridays, I think it might be only three or four days. Maybe three. I think it's three. But hey, it's fine. there's more than enough of a silly montage oh, yeah. for the end of the week. <laughs> We're never short on that. Yeah. And we leave you with this. Have a great weekend. If you're going to trade Russell Wilson and one of the pieces you get back is Drew Locke and then Drew Locke can't even. <laughs> Did you hear my stomach kind of like growl there? <laughs> I thought you had a frog in the studio. Yeah, I apologize. You know, sometimes yeah, like, can your you body... catch the bullfrog that's jumping around back there? I didn't know if that came over there. Come on, Mike. Look at that show sheet, Beck. I'm ready to go. I am on fire today. Golly gee, I'm hot today. Can I get a woot woot for the reboot? That's either a really bad question or a really bad producer. I'm not sure which one. (laughs) There are no bad questions. Yeah, it's... You're such a kiss-ass, Murata. Station full of butt kissers. Shall we win this, Gorky Park? I wouldn't be fishing here without that guy today, baby. Ruthless. Ruthless. When there's a will, there's a way. Where there's a bleeping will, there's, <laughs> there's a, a bleeping, bleeping way. Get off my lawn. Hey, Tony, are you awake? Ooh, I wonder what that's all about. <laughs> yeah, let's just kind of throw it. You were flying at 35,000 feet. You were yeah. to the Go ahead and right. use those portable electronic devices. Lighten up, Marotta. They're just having fun. <laughs> Give me an A. Ouch. Stop the hammering. I couldn't even tell you a lot of the offensive weapons the Bears have. Uh, the what? The who? The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. All he needs is a chance. Oh, damn, come on. Near, far, wherever you are. 
Shot Put Jones, wow. Discus McGillicuddy, Pole Vault Johansson, Hammer <laughs> Smith, Chase Jones, Hurdle Henderson. Oh, technology failing me again. <laughs> Quick hop on my dinghy. Cockpit fist fight. Would it dong? Different kind of deli mate. Don't hit it to me. Please don't. Oh, please. Oh, please don't. Oh, please don't. Oh, please dear don't. God. Oh, please don't. Please just hit it to him. Oh, no. It's coming right at me. Mom! One reception. That's what I do. More like angry Isabella. What are these weirdos doing? I can't come to grips with the fact that there are people out there that don't love me. I'll cut that out of the podcast. Yeah. Don't worry. If you're not listening live, you're going to have no idea that I screwed that up. We should just call this show Shenanigans. The Shenanigans okay. Show. be the funniest naturally organic thing you've said instead of that stupid schlocky humor you throw on us.